I'm so glad you, you finally we are live. I'm so huh? glad you finally wait now. <laughs> so, so what now? I said, I'm so glad you finally wait now to say TA because, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the, totally for the longest time, you didn't, I, know, I didn't you know. know, I didn't know. I had no Y'all, idea. For the, for the longest time, we'd be doing our, <laughs> we'd be doing our, our show, and you know, we edit it, you know, I edit it, but we, me and Reagan, we really don't go back and listen to it, right? Like, <laughs> we, we edit them. We we throw it out there, you know, put yeah, it yeah, in yeah. as an audio version, and we release it, and then we, we don't need all this. It, right? We're doing it right now. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> but <laughs> for the longest time, we didn't realize that Reagan's T was getting cut off at the beginning of his intro. He'd be like, "It'd be like hey! back, back," you know. He'd be doing the intro like back, back, back it on up, hey, and then it'd be like, and then you're all of a sudden you're hey. Everybody probably thought that's all I was saying. Was hey, yeah, yeah, they, they probably like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, I was trying but to he, say. He, he's, he's supposed to be saying T A P A. No, we're back, Zach. Back uh, um, with some things to discuss. We got three more. Three. Three more position groups to cover. Bro. Uh, we're grouping the tight ends with the receivers tonight. What what, what we got going on, Zach? What did you say? Sunday, you just bro, me? Sunday is a week away. It's a week away, man. Wait, a what? A week away. This oh, you're Sunday saying when we get to Sunday. From I, was like, I was like, Sunday ain't a week away. <laughs> I was yes, like, what? Sunday, we're a week away. That's what you're saying now. One week, yes, from opening day for the LSU Tigers. I'm pumped for this weekend. I, I mean, it's it's week zero, and there's not much on, but I, I can't wait. I can't wait to watch some football this weekend. I mean, it's coming. Mean, we know Hawaii's playing, dude. I'm I'm watching the Notre Dame Navy game in Dublin. That's all I'm saying. I'm watching week it. Zero. Let's see. Oh, shoot. I watched a week from the day is the the Florida Utah game. Yep, yep. So I, I, it's it's exciting, guys. It's here. It's right. It's right here, boys. It's right here. Football time. Um, so we got a couple more previews for you. We're Zach. We're going to do receivers tonight. We're going to group the tight ends with with that because uh, obviously they catch passes as well. Um. Oh, hold up for a second. <laughs> I thought for a second I thought it said David Stingley Jr. I was like, do we have? Do we have like a relative of Derek in here? Of Mr. Hey, Stanley? We appreciate First you joining, time. David. Appreciate really? it, David. First time. First time. Well, David, you can catch us uh, live 
on Mondays and Fridays, unless unless you have like a week like we did this week where things got crazy. Um, during, the summer, we're, during the summer, we're a lot more flexible, a yeah. lot more flexible this summer. But during during like football season, it's Monday and Friday yeah. all the time. Yeah. Uh, Mondays around eight fifteen, and Fridays it just depends. But we're always going live usually Monday and Friday. Tyler's with us as well. He said evening, Welcome, guys. Tyler. Tyler. Good to have you had here, bro. David, I don't I don't see what's on your cross there. I think it says something like have faith or something like that. Uh, uh let's see. Brian Harrison. Brian, Brian Harrison. Harrison. I, th- I think it's yeah, I think it's a it's a logo for oh okay. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I like the cross. I like the cross, by the way. Um anyways, so Zach. Uh, we got three more position groups covered. We're going to cover receivers tonight. We're going to cover running backs next time. And then to wrap it up, um, next Friday, right before week one, um, we will uh, uh, do the quarterback room. Um, so we're, we're right here at it, guys. And we're going to give you our last final fall camp update here. Obviously, the scrimmage was last Saturday. Um, I mean, Zach, as of right now, as of today, per Brian Kelly, today, preparation for Florida State began. Yeah, that's correct. So, fall camp. We're in Florida State. We're going to pack it up tonight on fall camp. And we're going to be discussing uh, fall camp no more because it is Florida State prep time. And we got tonight a little bit extra, a little layout to talk about. There's a few things around LSU that needs to be discussed. Some guys making some noise in the pros. Some things going on that the NCAA continues to prove they're stupid. Um, So we will discuss those things. The NCAA sucks. They continue to ruin their own product. Um, and we hate their guts, but we'll discuss it when we get there. Um, <laughs> I think everybody feels the same. The NCAA is very stupid. Um, but we'll get to, that's that's the little extra later. That'll be our final segment. And and if y'all want to, y'all can ask us any questions. Uh, David, I see your comment there that was for uh, two kids that were that were killed in a crash. I sure hate to hear that, man. That's tragic. Um, well, I mean. Great for you to support them and their families with, with your profile picture. Really appreciate that. Um, all right, guys. Let's, Zach, uh, I guess we might as well get into our preview here. Um, big group to discuss. Lots of receivers, lots of talent. Um, and, you know, it, it seems like, it seems like, you know, who your guys are, but it feels like, yeah, there are some other guys who can contribute in some different ways, and start also some guys who are going to start making name for themselves this year and in the future as guys like Kyron and Malik exit this year. Yeah. So, Zach, what are your initial thoughts here on the receiver group? We're also grouping the tight ends in this group. Um, so we'll we'll we can discuss the receivers first, and then we'll discuss the tight ends. Um, but what are your thoughts on the receiving room uh, right now? 
Well, I mean, you pretty much know who your top three guys are. Top three, four guys are going to be, right? Um, you know that Malik Neighbors is your number one guy, your number one target. Without last question. Year, Without last question. year, I came out with a hot button topic and said, hey, look, I know, guys, we have Kayshawn Booty, but listen, I'm telling y'all Malik Neighbors is going to be the leading receiver. And people yep. thought I was crazy, and that's it. That's ultimately what ended up happening. Now, I'm not going to come out here and tell you that I believe this receiver is going to have more receiving yards than Malik Neighbors because I don't. I yeah. think Malik Neighbors is going to be your leading receiver this year. He's your number one guy. He's so, you know, you know, he, you know, obviously he's going to be there. He's going to make a major, major impact. I think I, we'll get into this later. Uh, Malik Neighbors, Kyron Lacey, Brian Thomas Jr., <clears throat> and then Aaron, Tom, Aaron uh, Anderson, I'm sorry. Aaron Anderson. Those are your four guys that you know are going to play very, very significant snaps. Um, yeah. The main guys, right? Yep. We know Aaron Anderson is going to be a little bit different. He's going to be kind of like a specialist, kind of like, you know, find find him in open space, get him the ball. You know, he's not going to be like, um, you know, he's not going to be like Malik or Kyron, you know, where he's out, you know, doing like route trees and stuff like that. Like, he's out wide. Like, he, he's going to be, you know, coming in the backfield, coming out of the backfield, uh, you know, set up on bubble screens, crossers, short slants, stuff like that, I think, is what you're going to see with Aaron Anderson. Um, but I'm very interested to see how they use him. So, you know you know pretty much who the top four guys are going to be. Uh, it's after that that you start to see some other names that have kind of risen to the top of that second kind of group. And in that in that second kind of group is Chris Hilton, uh, Shelton Sampson, Kyle Parker's uh, had a really good camp. Uh, so guys, guys like that. Yeah, there's no there's no doubt that I mean, guys, Malik Neighbors and Jaden Daniels I think is poised to have a phenomenal year, yeah. like. It's going to be really special. I, I think the connection between Jaden and Malik is going to be really special this upcoming season. I think it's going to be the best connection that you've seen since uh, Joe and Jamar. And I will say this. I I will make this claim here. I think it will be the best connection in all of college football. And here's why. Whoa. Here's why. I Whoa. do not believe that Malik Neighbors is the best best receiver in college football but quarterback and receiver the I think combination the best, of both. Com, yeah the combination I think it's the best in, in college football uh Caleb Williams lost Jordan Addison mm-hmm. Marvin Harrison jr has lost um CJ Stroud. Stroud Alabama they ain't had a receiver last year and now they don't have <laughs> they no quarterback. Had a quarterback <laughs> And I just wanted to throw that out there for the for for the fun of it. They didn't have anybody in the running. Um. <laughs> so I, Georgia, you know, with McConkey and uh, Brock Bowers, they have Carson Beck now, but they don't have Stetson Bennett. Yeah. Uh, Drake May, in my opinion, doesn't have you know that great of receivers. I think he's a great quarterback, but I don't think. North Carolina has that special of receivers. I think they got some good ones, but I don't think they're anything like Malik. So, in my opinion, 
the connection between Jaden and Malik will be the best in the country. I think the chemistry is there. They've had a whole season together. They've had a full offseason together. They've spent time together. They've worked together. So, without question, it is better than it was last year, and last year it wasn't that bad. This year, I think you're really going to see Malik and Jaden take a step in the right direction, really opening this offense up, and it's going to make the rest of the offense really dangerous. Reagan, you said you said last year wasn't that bad. Reagan, Malik was a thousand yard receiver, and not Absolutely. only was he a thousand yard receiver, he was one of only two in the SEC conference. Correct, correct. I mean, it's it's going to be really good. I think he, I think Malik could have a fifteen hundred yard season. Um. I, I really do. And I think he's going to push um, uh, for the Bolitnikoff, him and Marvin Harrison and uh, whatnot. David, you, I mean, you are right. Yeah, Will, Jordan Wilson, Travis and, and, Travis, yeah. and, and, and Johnny Wilson. It's a good one. I, I don't think it's as talented as, as Jaden and Malik. Uh, Johnny Wilson's a good, good receiver. I don't think he's Malik neighbors. Um, what I'll be worried about is – they have – I think Florida State has legitimately two number one receivers in Keon Coleman yeah. and Johnny Wilson. That's going to be a scary threat. Um, but in terms of one quarterback, one receiver, I, I think Jaden and and Malik top it all. I really do. Um, but, yeah, there's no doubt that, that Florida's going to not only have a run game, because I think their running backs kind of slept on, um, but they're going to have a really good passing game in Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman. Um, but first and foremost, I wanted to address that. It is very evident through fall camp. It, it is without question Malik has separated himself by far as the number one guy. And everybody kind of knew that, and it was kind of assumed, but then you watched him prove it. In fall camp, yeah. like like there has been no doubt left about it that he is no doubt Jaden's number one target. Yeah, like he is your safety, your safety blanket. Like you know, okay, this read is not there. This read is not there. Let me just find eight, and and Throw I got it. a shot. I got a <laughs> shot. If I can give him a good ball, I can find eight and get a good shot at it. We watched yeah. him high point several balls over receivers. Yeah. Um, he's just athletic guys. He he is just that man. He he is that one. Um, he's clearly separated himself from the pack, and I am really excited to see what he and Jaden can do. In light of that, in light of that, I think that that it's going to draw more attention to Malik naturally. Therefore, yeah. guys like Kyron are also going to take a step this season. One hundred percent. Kyron has added some size. He's had a year in the SEC. Kyron is a true SEC receiver now. Like now. He's he has bathed himself in an SEC season. He's gone through a full offseason, created that chemistry. Mm-hmm. Is he Malik? No. But Kyron's going to have a dang good year. I will go as far as saying, Reagan, that I believe. Kyron Lacey is in the neighborhood of six to eight hundred yards. That, that's what I was about to say. I, I think he could have an eight hundred 
you know, a yard season yeah. with like eight touchdowns to go along with it. Yeah. Seven, eight touchdowns to go along with it. Like really great season. Um, okay. So this is where, you know, I, I think your top two guys are going to be really good. Really good. Kyra, or not Kyron, BTJ. Like the dude has it all. He's got the size, length, um, his speed. He's athletic. Maybe his speed lacks a little, but he's not slow by any means. He's a big boy. He's a tall boy. But he's got it for a SEC receiver. The problem has been the drops. Yeah. For, for whatever reason, he struggled with dropping the ball, and that's why Chris Hilton was on his heels there for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, pushing for that spot because the drops have continued. Now, I do ultimately think that BTJ will be your third guy, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it changed if that problems continued because yeah. Chris Hilton has had a great fall camp. He And most of all, most of all, Chris Hilton has finally stayed healthy, and it feels like we can finally see what Chris Hilton can do because, guys, Chris Hilton was, I mean – the best receiver in Louisiana that class. He was better. He was rated better than Malik. He was rated better than BTJ. Um, out, coming out of Zachary, he was highly touted, highly touted receiver. Yeah. And due to a, some injuries, he's been bit by the injury bug a little bit. We just haven't gotten to quite see it. Now he's healthy, and I think we're finally going to get to see Chris Hilton uh, uh, show us what he can do this year. So I'm excited about him. Um. But man, I really want to see BTJ kind of sure up the you know your receiver man. You you got to catch the ball, yeah. like he gets himself open, and 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 the ball can get to him, and he can go up and beat just about any DB with his size. You just got to bring the ball down. Yeah. So he's a great target. Can he catch the ball consistently? We'll see. With Chris Hilton's speed, it adds another dynamic to this offense. Okay, if BTJ isn't you know, able to seal the deal and catch the ball. Let's send Chris out there and see if he can rip the top open, you know, with his elite speed. Yeah. Um, and then you throw Aaron Anderson in the mix, and there's a whole lot going on for a defense to watch for. Okay, for real. Let alone, folks, let alone, in the back of their mind, they're going to be remembering that Jaden Daniels was the number one rusher on this team last year. <laughs> Let's not forget that, folks. The dude can turn on the Jets and make you pay. If you if you got your back to the quarterback, oh yeah, I got my assignment. We're covered. You may got that receiver locked up, and then you turn around and Jay Daniels is twenty yards down the field. Yeah, and you got five yards or ten yards to catch him, <laughs> and he's gonna make you pay. So it, and <laughs> it, it's a lot of receivers that bring a lot to the table that create this offense to, to, to be very complicated for some defenses to handle. Um, and I am really excited to see what this offense can do with them taking that next step. Cause it really feels like what we missed last year is something where, you know, we're going to get to see that this year and it's going to really open things up. And I think this offense is going to be, um, well, I think without question, it's going to be the best offense since 2019, uh, LSU 2019. Not not in college football, but in terms of LSU. 
yeah. um, without question. And, you know, I, I will back Matt Moscona. I'm going to back Matt Moscona here. Matt Moscona has made a claim that Ellis, or, or excuse me, Jaden Daniels, after this season, would become the second uh, uh, leader in passing yards in LSU history. And it would happen on this season. Folks, I think it's going to happen. I, I would agree. I, I am, I will not be surprised if Homie has like over 3,000 yards. Well, over 3,000 yards, pushing well, 4K. Well, let's to get back on the receivers. If you think about it, if you if you have Malik and he's over at a thousand, you said 1500. I think he's gonna be closer to 12. Okay, if Malik's around, so based on what I'm thinking, if Malik's around 1200 yards, if uh Kyron Lacey's at 800 yards, and then I think a mixture of Aaron Anderson, BTJ. Mason Taylor, they're going to be in the 400-yard range for all three of them. So if you look at that, if you look at just those five, just those five guys, you're sitting at uh, 3,200 yards. So, you know, and that's just me guessing, right? That's just me guessing. Uh, That's if Malik Neighbors hits 1,200, if um, Kyron Lacey hits 800, and then if Mason Taylor – it's asking a lot, but yeah, but I mean, I think that's and that's not even counting, that's not even counting any of the other uh wide receivers like Shelton Sampson, Chris Hilton, those guys that are gonna that are gonna to obviously play a major factor running backs out of the backfield, um, the tight end, the other tight ends, uh, which we'll get to here in a second. Like it is very, very uh easy to see how Jaden. And this receiving core could could uh, amass over three thousand yards this year, and I, I don't think that is very di- going to be very difficult for this this passing attack at all. Uh, and I, you know, Jaden had seventeen uh, touchdown passes last year. I think he's in twenty around twenty five. I, I think he's twenty two to twenty five touchdowns passing. Um. So, also, let me look at this. So, last year, he was just under 3,000. He was at 29-13. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I I easily, easily believe that Jaden will hit 3,000. He he might uh, be pushing 4,000. I think he could push 4,000. It depends on... How big of a year, BTJ? Aaron You're also Anderson. thinking about running backs. They want to throw it out of the backfield. And they you got guys that can pass out of the backfield. Oh, in, yeah. in in John Emery, in um, Logan Trey Diggs. Bradford. I mean, all those guys. Yeah, all those guys can. And and as you said, trade uh, trade eggs. And then you can't you can't uh, also fail to forget Caleb Jackson. Who had a phenomenal no uh, seventy-five yard touchdown in the scrimmage no this past Saturday, which was a catch out of the backfield. Yeah. I gotta stop real. I, I gotta stop real quick. This is my dude, Brandon Brady. What up, Brandon? Exactly what's up, my brother? Go Tigers, dude. I I miss Brandon. Me and Brandon, we used to hang out a lot in Little Rock uh, at my church in Oak Park, and uh, dude's a baller. Wait. He is a baller. He played for. Uh, 
He played for University of Arkansas Little Rock. Wow. Yeah, he was balling. He, he hoop. He can hoop. He can hoop. Uh, yeah, we used to play a lot together at, at the church. And, uh, yeah, he's way, way, way better than I am. I promise, <laughs> I promise you that. So, uh, but I'm surprised he's in here saying go Tigers. I can't, I can't remember if Brandon was an LSU fan or not. I, I you'll have to remind me, Brandon. Are you an LSU fan? I, I can't remember. I, can't I don't remember. know. He said G O Tigers. So I'm, yeah, uh, I, see, I, see, I, you know, see, Brandon, he said G O Tigers, not G E A U X. Mm. That's, that's the standard. Man, that's the standard. Brutal, brutal. That's okay. <laughs> but, that's okay. but it is great. Great to see him joining us tonight. We, man, we got all kinds of new people Welcome in here tonight. It's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Tyler, RP are all in here. Jason Baker's back. Uh, Jason said he thinks that this receiving core can hit. I'm right with you, Baker. I'm right with you, man. Right yep. with you there, Jason. All right, Zach. So let's let's discuss tight ends because I think this is interesting. Well, hold on. Let's Before we move on, we okay, need to discuss. You need to, um, we know who the top guys are going to be. We haven't even – Barely mentioned some of the the young freshmen that could have impacts. Oh, this season. oh, well, I think Shelton Sampson's your your impact freshman. I, I don't know. I don't know if any of the freshmen like really impact the receivers. Yeah, but I I think they can get some rotation for sure. I think well, there's. And, and, I, I think Shelton, like Shelton Sampson. Yeah, it seems like Shelton Sampson is going to be if kind any of that, if any of them. It'll be shit. Which he was. I mean, he was the highest rated, correct? Oh, was yeah. Brown, oh was Jalen Brown? Was Jalen Brown? No, I it, think I think Shelton he was rated was, higher than Jalen. No, no, Shelton was ranked a little bit higher than than Jalen. But Jalen's right. I mean, Jalen's just as talented as as Shelton is. Shelton's sure. just got a little bit more size than Jalen does. Appreciate that, Brandon. He said, "Haha, I'm, I'm a fan of y'all." <laughs> Appreciate that. Appreciate that. But yeah, he's got. He's kind of like uh, Brandon's kind of like my Braxton. Or you're yeah, Braxton, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> he's a straight hooper, and he just loves sports. That's what's up, man. That's that's, Bra- up. that's, that's your that's Braxton, one of your friends. Absolutely. He's a hooper, and he, he just loves sports. He cheers for um, everybody. Hey, RP, RP, hey, you need to chill out. with my. I mean, you need to quit taking words that we're about to say out of our mouth, okay? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. R- RP has Comment a Comment as much as you want. He has a way of doing that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you're good, man. <laughs> go, go right ahead. But uh, Zach, I, I think you know, if any freshman, Shelton Sampson and Kyle Parker. Outside of that, I think, I think you may. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh man, what's the other one? A freshman, Kyle Preen. That's the other one. I, was I think Preen takes a red shirt. Um, I think, uh, Kyle. I, yeah, I think he takes a red shirt. Uh, this season because he's he's talented. I just think he's he's got some more developing to do than maybe Shelton Sampson does. Um, yeah. Maybe Kyle Parker takes a red shirt. Maybe. maybe. I don't think so, though. I, I think if Aaron Anderson goes down, you may see Kyle Parker start uh, in, it's maybe receiving punts. Maybe. But I think if Aaron Anderson goes down, you're, you're the first guy you're going to look at is okay, Mr. Clayton, <laughs> Mr. Surehanded Clayton, Mr. go sure out hand. there, call fair catch, and catch the ball. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Aaron Anderson, in, in terms of the punt returner, seems to be the guy. 
in, in, in all indications. So if he doesn't go down, I don't know how much Kyle Parker kind of sees the field, but I think the guys who will see the field this year and maybe get a couple reps is Shelton Sampson and Jalen Brown. Yeah, yeah, and we'll, we'll see how that, that plays out. Obviously, you know, they're not going to be trotting out there, you know, when it's like crunch time and right. you got to have, you know, you got to have your playmakers make plays. But, you know, in in some some garbage time where the game's sure. out of hand, sure. you know, those guys are going to get a lot of playing time. Yeah, for in sure. In that regards. Yeah, I, I would think so. I would think so. Um all right, Zach, let's talk a little uh, about the tight ends um, because, man, this is going to be like this is a really talented group compared to what we're used to. Like, yeah. This I mean, group this, is about to be utilized most, way more than we're used to. This is the most talented tight end room that we have ever seen in, in our lifetime of watching LSU. Definitely in recent history. Definitely, I think in our lifetime. I mean, oh, in our lifetime, good, yes. There's been some good tight. When we're talking about like when you need guys passing, or excuse me, catching and like catch the the mixture of catching and blocking as as tight ends, like this is the best. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll let you lead off. Uh, last time, I'll kind of I'll, I'll, I'll lead us off here, Zach. Mason Taylor's number one. I mean, he's your he's your number one guy. No doubt. No, no question. Uh, last year, as a true freshman, Mason Taylor was phenomenal. Phenomenal. He By the end of the season, Mason was a vet. Like, if Harold Perkins a vet. isn't at LSU, Mason Taylor is your MVP of the freshman class. Like. No doubt. No question. Uh, and, and he's right. I mean, well, I don't know, Zach. We had a lot of freshmen last year really step up. Will uh, Campbell. Will Campbell, Emory Jones. I mean, the freshman play last year was – Fantastic. Um, but just think for a second, guys, as a true freshman, Zach, I watched the replays the other day <laughs> of the Alabama game. Uh, you're going to make me want to go watch some. Mason oh, Taylor, we're down in, in, in the fourth quarter. We go down in the fourth quarter, and you're like, it's, it's going to freaking happen again. Here, here we go all over again. Right, I think we're down seventeen. Alabama at home, just like normal. Yeah, yeah, right. We were down seventeen twenty-one. Fantastic drive, fantastic drive. I go rewatch that drive. If you have time to go watch those highlights, go watch the highlights and watch the drive when LSU is down seventeen twenty-one. It will show you how much better, how how well coached this team is compared to the past two seasons. And that touchdown pass from Jaden and the touchdown catch from Mason Taylor to go up 24 to 21 was Big absolutely time. amazing. It was amazing. Um, he's a true freshman. He is between at definitely two defenders. He's definitely between two defenders. The third one seems to be on his way when the catch is being made. But he goes up, high points the ball in the corner of the end, the corner of the end zone, right in front of the student section, brings it down in clutch time, you know, with a couple minutes on the clock, and takes the lead back from Alabama as a true freshman. He 
is phenomenal last year. And then catches the game-winning two-point conversion. I mean, sure-handed as as sure as it got. You could find Mason Taylor, and if he caught that ball, he was doing something with it. I, I mean, he made plays in the Ole Miss game. He made plays in, in the Alabama game. He made plays in the Florida State game, y'all. He made plays in the Florida State game last year. Yeah. Darn near scored the touchdown on that play that ended up, you know, all that stuff that happened at the end there with the time and whatnot. Phenomenal. He is your number one guy without question. Without question. Here's the the awesome thing, though, is that was about it last year. You had Mason Taylor, that, and that was it. That was it. You had some blockers you could throw out there with, like, uh, uh, Jack Mashburn and Nick Stores. you know, just some bodies to, to yeah. block somebody. Yeah. But now you have guys that you can run 12 personnel with and – Guys who are talented, guys who can catch the ball in Mac Markway and Camorian Pimpton. They have size, they have skill, they can catch the ball. Um, Mac Markway is is a great blocker. Camorian Pimpton's got to get better at blocking. He's got to get better at blocking. But Camorian Pimpton is going to be an absolute threat in the red zone. Uh, he is going to be a mismatch all day long in the red zone. And because because we have these tight ends now to to pair with Mason Taylor, you throw twelve personnel out there. You really limit what the defense can do when you've got two tight ends on the field, and you have Mason Taylor and let's say Matt Markway or Camorian Pimpton, and then you throw in the mix Malik Neighbors and Kyron Lacy, right? And, and Anderson, like it. It's going to be a lot for defenses to handle, and it is going to to really help this offense. I am super excited about what this tight end uh, group can do. Zach, what are your thoughts on it? Because we oh, we really need to get moving. On it. Yeah, I, don't, I don't I don't think there's much more I can say uh, on the tight end tight end room. I'm, everything you said about Mason Taylor, 100. Um, you know, I think as you mentioned, the biggest thing that we need to talk about when discussing uh, the tighter room this year is that you'll be able to see a, a, a new set of offense that uh, you really didn't get to see features much last year. And now it can be a staple in your offense yeah. uh, running the 12, 12 personnel. Um, so we'll, we'll see exactly what um, other tight ends kind of emerge this year, because there is so many guys there, as you said, Kamori and Pimpton, uh, Mac Markway, Jackson McGowan, forgive me. I think there's another uh, one that I – oh, Gilbert. Gil, no, Connor Gilbert, the transfer. <clears throat> he also has apparently had a good, pretty good fall camp. Wow. And, you know, not somebody that's going to wow you, but there's an, another guy. Um, I want to say – let me make sure I'm telling you that correctly. I'm pretty sure it's – And I haven't heard much about him, honestly. Connor Gilbert. Um. Yes, yes. He's number eighty nine. He's okay. a true. Uh, I think a true sophomore, six five, two seventy. Um. So wow. yeah. Uh, and he's got a year of experience. I can't remember exactly where he transferred in from. Um. I'd have to look that up. But <clears throat> he's got a year of experience underneath his belt playing college football. So he's a guy that um. You know. 
with so many young guys in that room, he's got to kind of kind of help Mason Taylor out a little bit with some experience. Sure, sure. Yeah. I, you know, there's a lot of people that, that want to talk about Camorian Pimpton and his ability, like his mismatch. Zach, I think people are sleeping on Matt Markway. I really do. I think Matt Markway is going to play just as much, if not uh, maybe even more than Camorian Pimpton. I, I think when you I'd see agree. twelve, when you see twelve personnel out there, a lot of times I think it's going to be Mason and Mac. I really well, do. Because Camorian Pimpton is, an, as you said, he, he's a he's a pass catcher, right? Yeah, he's, he's a guy he's, you can stick out in the slot, and that's a problem. He is a, a he is a, he is a catch catch first type in, and you already have that in Mason Taylor. So, Camorian Pimpton is not going to overtake Mason Taylor. Right? I, I mean. I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, I mean, you no, know, no. you know, he, I mean, he could, he could potentially, you never know. I mean, you know, he could come out there and just wow, oh. some like do some crazy things. Maybe so, know? maybe so. But I think you never know. You know, he no. could go come, go out there and go like all Brock, Brock Bowers on him or like <laughs> Washington on him, or, you know, or something. I don't know. But, um, you know, the reason, the reason people I think are really high on him is because he's been so good in fall camp as a pass catcher. But, yeah. Um. I. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that plays out. I do think he's gonna uh, have an impact. I just don't know if it's going to be as much of what people are thinking that he's going to do. So you, you we'll remember see. how Thad would 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 they would push Thad out to the slot every now and then? Yes. I think you're gonna see some of that at times. You're, you're gonna see, like he is that style of tight end. Like, like if they're putting a tight end out in the slot, it'd be him, not Mason Taylor. Correct. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. So specific place, specific sets. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, Zach. We <laughs> we spent maybe too much time on that, but that's okay. We, we, we covered two groups. We were enjoying talk about it. We covered two groups. Let's hit a quick break, real quick, and we'll come back and we'll wrap things up with fall camp. We'll talk the scrimmage, uh, and then we'll talk a little something extra after that. Right after this, five star hero. Your intro and outro music for the Tigers Avenue show. They ain't ready for that LSU. Go check out all his other music on all the major platforms. Don't forget to follow him on Instagram at Saints Anthem. And at Twitter at One Nation Doty. Don't forget to check out his Facebook page for all his Saints and LSU merchandise. Can't get any better than Sarah Klein Stevens, attorney at law. Her firm focuses on the needs of the elderly and maintaining their dignity throughout the process. Here for you, here for your family. Sarah Klein-Stevens, attorney at law. Here in the Tigers Avenue, let's talk about uh, the scrimmage this past Saturday. Uh, Zach, what were some things you saw? Uh, Obviously, you know, maybe some people have read up on some things already. Uh, Obviously, that was Saturday, but... You know, what were some things that you liked uh, that you saw and, and read about? And maybe we can give our, you know, player of the day, player of the scrimmage and, and all of that. Uh, well, I'll just kind of skip to that first and then backtrack a little bit. I, I mean, obviously, I think the, the play of the day would be uh, Caleb Jackson's reception out of the back, backfield, yeah. yeah. kind of making a guy miss there around the line of scrimmage um, and then housing it for 75 yards. That obviously was the play of the day. Um, 
as far as, you know, just kind of my overall thoughts, you know, I thought it was really good for them to be able to get in uh, a full scrimmage in and get in. I think what was, I think it was over 50 plays or something like that. Um, right at it or right at it. I thought it was or right at it. something like that. I can't remember exactly. Uh, I'm going back right now to try and, um, which it was Saturday. So what day was that? That would have been the nineteenth. Okay, um, so I was gone on Saturday. Uh, I was doing a lot of car work uh, <laughs> with one of my buddies, uh, but but <laughs> anyways, so I didn't get to like follow it as closely as I wanted to on 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 Twitter. But uh, from what I understood, uh, it was a pretty good day for the offense. Uh, Jaden Daniels, he didn't, you know, pass it a whole lot. I think he only had like 13 attempts or something like that. Yeah. And Garrett only had like eight attempts. So, like, it wasn't like a whole, whole lot was going on, you know. But um, both Jaden and Garrett both had touchdowns uh, in, in on on the scrimmage. Uh, I know one of them was to Noah Kane. One of them was the obviously Caleb Jackson. Um, Jaden's was to – uh, was his to Caleb Jackson or was it Nuss Myers? I think it was Jaden. I think Jaden was to. I think Jaden went to Caleb Jackson because and then because uh, Armani Goodwin, Logan Diggs, and Josh Williams sat out of the scrimmage. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure it was Jaden that threw his threw the ball. The to long his, uh, one, the long touch, tu- no, the long touchdown pass went was from Nussmeyer. From Nussmeyer to yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, correct. So, um. And there was so many guys that that had receptions. Uh, I think there was. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, Jaden's went to Kane. Twelve. There was twelve. Twelve guys that that caught at least one pass on the day. Yeah. Um, speaking of tight ends, Mason Taylor had the most receptions on the day. He had four, uh, and he was your second lead receiver behind Caleb Jackson with. With 33. So, I mean, I, I like to see that they were just kind of spreading the ball around. They were getting it to all kinds of different guys, giving a lot of other guys chances, uh, throwing it to all kinds of, you know, tight end, wide receiver, running running backs out of the backfield. Um, so, I think my biggest thing, I, I don't want to play on it too much because, like, everybody wants to talk about it, but the the 75-yard touchdown to Caleb Jackson out of the backfield, the biggest takeaway for, for me from that is – they are emphasizing passing the ball to the running backs out of the backfield. Um, and we'll talk about this when we discuss the running backs as well. But I think that's huge because, as you have mentioned a lot during the show, like LSU is setting themselves up to where the, the defense is going to have to guard everything. I mean, they're going to have to guard every single option if yeah. you think about it. Like you have a running quarterback, so you have to worry about him scrambling. You've got receivers like Aaron Anderson, who who you have to worry about, who's speedy, can make a guy miss, who's a small guy, can get the ball in space and can can hit a you know can can hit a home run with it. You have to worry about a tall guy like Brian Thomas Jr., who's going to go can go over the top and high point a ball. You have to worry about a guy in the league neighbors who's just all around phenomenal receiver, a first round talent. I mean, you have to worry about running backs catching the ball out of the backfield. You have to worry about Mason. 
Mason Taylor at tight end. You have to worry about Camorian Pimpton, uh, a mismatch nightmare in the red zone. You have to worry about a whole dead gum football game of running backs in the backfield that can uh, that can beat you in so many different ways. Like, yeah, the biggest thing for me is like they spread the ball around. There were so many different guys that got opportunities. Like, and to be honest, like that's how it's going to be with yeah. with this team. Like, yeah. you're going to have so many different options in offense, like with this offense. Like, it's not like back in 2015 when you're like, hey, our offense is Leonard Fournette. Like, like <laughs> I, I don't even I don't even know if I can really remember. I mean, well, there's I a five-star in Malik uh, uh, Malachi, Malachi Dupree. Dupree who hardly did anything because we were yeah, in exactly. archaic Les like, Miles offense. I think he might he might be the only receiver I remember from that year. Like, what, I mean. Maybe Travin Durrell or John may, Maybe Travin Durrell or – I want to, I don't think DJ Chark was there then. Um, I don't know. Anyway, so <laughs> but that that's how it is. Like that's how it was back then. Like you had one guy, like you had Leonard Fournette, right? And Brandon Harris would hike the ball and here you go. Like that that was our offense, right? Yeah. But this offense, man, you have got so many different options. And so offense, you know, was obviously the big takeaway from the day. Um Reagan, you'll have to help me, though. On defense, I mean, who was – for you, what was oh, your man. biggest takeaway on defense? Come on, man. I, I think outside of what Caleb Jackson did, I think the defense won the day, if you want my opinion. I, I uh, Okay. I, I think Zy Alexander, Alexander – Zy had the best day defensively uh, of any of them. He, in the first drive against the first team uh, – there was two plays back-to-back, and it was a third-down play. They went to neighbors, and Zai had a very good PBU. He broke the pass up, and the first-team offense went first three and out. Um, the very next drive, um, they threw the ball to Mason Taylor. It was like a 17-yard catch. Um, and then, like, I think they threw to Mason again the next play. Zai strips the ball out and the defense recovers it. Like, just like that. Like, Zai had the pass breakup on the first drive to get the offense to go three and out, and then Zai had the strip fumble that was recovered by the defense. So, like, he no doubt had the best day defensively. The thing of note with the defense, and another thing that we're going to have to discuss, you know, injury-wise, Sage Ryan was playing the other DB, not Deuce yeah, Chestnut. Seems like the narrative has changed. You know, earlier on in fall camp, and really up until this past week, it Deuce was – Deuce had been your guy. Deuce is your guy. Who's yeah. the next corner? Now it's like, Zai is your guy. Who's the next corner? Which, by the way, I just watched the video. It was Garrett that threw the ball to um, Caleb Correct. Jackson. Correct. Yeah. Um, because he had the most passing yards on the day, and it was because he had 75 yards from one play. <laughs> Yeah, correct. Because he did. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Sage was out there. Now he had a collision with Mason Taylor just before the strip from uh, Zai. Um, I think it was just before the strip or just after or something like that. He had a collision with Mason and and he was down on the field supposedly for a good uh, like a chunk of time, and they actually went down to the other side of the field to finish the drive because. He was on the field for so long. So everybody was really concerned 
about that because you've already lost J.K. Johnson, and thankfully Denver Harris was out there playing because you were concerned about you know the situation situation with Harris. And if you yeah. lose J.K. Johnson injury, you lose Denver Harris to whatever issues are going on, and then you lose Sage Ryan to an injury. You're in real trouble depth wise. Yeah. You're in yeah. some serious trouble. So yeah. thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, it looks like it was just a stinger, and 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 he has been back. Uh, uh, practicing this week, thankfully. But look, guys, I, I'm not against it. Like Sage Ryan was a five star coming out of LCA uh, at Lafayette Christian, and he's got speed. He's he's you know good in coverage. We've seen him in nickel every now and then uh, in his career. Hasn't had a you know the the career you would think he would have as a five star, but maybe this is his time to rise to the top. You know, we need somebody to step up. Maybe it's Sage Ryan. Maybe it is Sage Ryan. Uh, Deuce ran with the twos, and it was Sage with the ones. So uh, I'm really excited about what I've seen with Zai because Zai, I think, has has created in himself an SEC. Like, he is an SEC DB. Like, he goes head-to-head with Malik, like, every day. He's, yeah, been, he he's been beaten sometimes, but he's won some reps, too. I mean – he goes and he breaks up the pass the first drive and forces the offense to three and out. And then he strips Mason Taylor, who we were just speaking and praising so highly last year. Yep. And he strips him. So I really um, am excited about Zai and the season he could potentially have. Uh, the other one, you know, we're just going to see how it plays out. You know, I, is it going to be Sage? Is it going to be Deuce? Like, we don't know. I, I think it's going to be one of those two, though. The way they had it set up, they had uh, – here's another thing for certain. I think Andre Sam's going to be in the starting 11 um, in some fashion. Yeah. In some fashion. Uh, they had it set up like this. You had Sage and you had Zai wide out. You had Andre Sam at the nickel. And then you had Greg Brooks and uh, Major Burns as the two safeties. We had been seeing Greg Brooks, Nickel, and Major and Andre at the two safeties. So they've been playing with it. They've been trying to figure out, okay, you know, what's the best fit? So, I mean, I think we're just going to have to play a couple games and let it see, you know, let's see who rises to the top in competition. I really think it's going to go into the season on who will win that position ultimately. I think you got some guys that can really do it and be solid at it. I don't think we're going to be elite this year. It's not going to be DBU, but I think you can be good enough to win a bunch of games with this DB secondary group because yeah. they have shown flashes. And I think when we get into competition, you know, you're not always going to be facing Malik Neighbors and Kyron Lacey. Uh, obviously, week one, you got to face Johnny Wilson and, and Keon Coleman. So it's going to be a tough task early. <laughs> but, you know, there's going to be some games where you can work with that, you know. So um, I, the second DB, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. But in terms of uh, one DB, I think it's Zai. And then I, in some form or fashion, Major Brooks and Andre are going to be out there. I think Brooks and Andre you know, may fluctuate well, think, between nickel and safety, but I think major is yeah. definitely going to be your, your, your safety back. So, you know, I like what I've seen out of that and it, they played really well 
uh, defensively in the scrimmage. So I was excited about the defense because for so long it seemed like the offense was absolutely dominating them. But Seems then like they've caught up here recently. Right. They, they've played a lot better here lately, which is really encouraging because this offense is going to be good. Uh, Jason Baker said, so Sage has beat out Zy. No, we're saying he's beat out maybe Deuce. We'll see. Do, yeah, Zy, Zy is probably going to be your Zy number. Zy apparently feels like Zy is there. Um, all right, Reagan. So, have we covered everything we want to cover with the – Yeah, I think that's pretty much the highlights of, of, of the, let's, the fall camp. Let's, let's get to some comments here uh, for some Lang Yap because uh, a lot of these comments um, – kind of highlight some of the stuff we need to talk about because sure, sure, sure. all these things uh, are really kind of go what's going on right now. I'll hit this one first, and then we'll do the other one that David mentioned because uh, that's really a big topic. He said, who y'all think is going to be 18 to 7? I'm I'm going Burns is 18, Neighbors is 7. And I think the reason he mentioned that is because we're being told that it's very likely that potentially either today – Please don't give Neighbors 7. I think either Friday, tomorrow, or maybe Saturday, maybe Sunday. Like, apparently this weekend, it's going to be announced. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I personally, I believe 18 is going to be given to Josh Williams, and I believe seven is going to Greg Brooks. Say it one more time. Say it one more time. I believe 18 is going to Josh Williams, and I believe seven is going to go into Greg Brooks, and I oh, would be willing to – I would be willing to bet a lot of money on both of those. I I would be I would be happy with Greg Brooks wearing seven. I do not like I, I get what you're saying. Uh is it RP? Yeah. Like RP, like I get why you would say neighbors, but please, for the love of God, do not give that man seven. Please. Water receiver please. Water hasn't worked out please. for please. LSU at number seven. I'm wearing I'm eight. hoping I'm hoping it goes to Greg Brooks. I'll be fine with Greg Brooks. I think Josh Williams deserved. Did you say Josh Williams? Right, you yes. said Josh. I think Josh Williams, without question, question. without deserves question, 18. deserves eighteen. Yes. And I'm not going to be upset if he doesn't get it, but I think he absolutely deserves. He is. He is it. the best candidate, in my opinion. I. I mean, yeah. I don't see maybe major burns. You know, they used to do an offense and a defense. Eighteen. Who had it last year? They had Ojolari, and they only did one, right? Yeah, it depends. You like, do they uh, did a one on offense, one on The defense. last time they did both was 2019 right. when they did uh, Chase on and Lloyd Cushenberry, and Lloyd Cushenberry wore the patch. Right, and right, then right. if you remember right. um, some time before that, it was um, – oh, gosh. Foster Moreau, and I want to yeah. say – one of the de- one of the defensive linemen, I'm I can't sure. remember, but yeah, in the past they've done both. Uh, they've they've done two, but I I think this year you're going to see one number eighteen, okay. one number seven. I think it's Josh Williams number eighteen. I think it's I think it's Greg Brooks number seven. Okay, I I would love I would be elated to give Josh Williams eighteen absolutely all day. I I'm ready to get rid of seven. I know I, I know like- you said that. 18? Maybe Greg's the one to kind of bring it back. Eighteen, great! You're a leader. Like you just, you've earned there's, that. There's dirt. not a, there's not a. I'm cool with a, that. There's not a statistical or 
standard as in, as far as play goes. Right, right. Like Foster like Moreau 18. is not like, wow, you know, tied in. Great, you know, I think he was phenomenal. But he deserved it. But he earned it. He deserved it. He was, yeah. he was a leader on that team. Josh yeah. Williams, I think, has a phenomenal story. Uh, for, just does for. everything right. Uh, very consistent, very reliable. I mean, was a walk-on. I was going to say, he's the I type mean, of guy, like, he's – He's the type of guy that's getting like that Stetson Bennett story. If LSU goes to like a national championship or something, you know, like a New Year's Six Bowl or something, like, he's going to be like featured probably. You're right. Something like that. Right. All right, let's get to the main question, the main thing we need to address before we wrap this up. Uh, David uh, Singley Jr. said, oh, how did Mason Smith get suspended one game if NIL was legal? I'll address that, and then I'll let Reagan go on a rant because I know he's going to do that. Um, go on a rant. <laughs> He got suspended because what happened with the autograph signing happened in 2020 when NIL had not been uh, instated yet. So it, I thought it was 20, summer of 21 they did it. It might have been – I can't remember exactly. It might have been 21. I could be yeah. – I, I think you're right, 2021. I'm sorry. Gotcha. Um, Good. It happened in 2021, not 2020. I'm sorry. It happened in 2021 when NIL had not been – um, right. and stated yet, so therefore he was in violation. So I know I'm with y'all, and Wilson, but Wilson Alexander made a great point today on on Blake's show. Even even though it's stupid, it's dumb, it's legal now because and and it it shouldn't be a, an issue. Technically, the NCAA is within their rights to suspend him and discipline him for what happened in 2021. They are within their rights, yeah. but. Um, it's still, regardless, is really stupid. Yeah. Like, what? why are we sus- – why does the NCAA get to select the game he's suspended when the other player involved, the coach selected? Yeah, that that's what pisses me off. Make them Why does the NCAA have it in their minds that they must ruin things, that they must suck the life out of things, that they must nitpick to the very end? Guys, he was injured all of last season. If he was going to be suspended one game, he missed the whole season. Yeah. Like, I get it. He needs to be punished. Like, can you not see he's he's had enough? He got a towards ACL first, literally first series of the season, misses an entire season. Oh, let's come back to that and suspend him one game. Like, come on. Really? And you you really needed, I mean, not that else you can't win the game, but Man, you think about the the opportunity that and and the possibility of having a really hungry Mason Smith yes. in that first game. It's ridiculous. Like, okay, yes, I, I I'm I'm right there with you, Zach. They're they're every you know they they are they have the right to you know make some kind of you know whatever you call it punishment or whatever. Uh, because it was before that was legal. He it was illegal then. He did it when it was illegal. 
right? You know, but man, we got <laughs> we got collectives and all these things, and we're paying players left and right. Yeah, and here we are, two years after the event, after the guy missed a whole season, and yeah, you're gonna suspend him for a game over that, like. Good grief. We're suspending a guy over being paid for autographing something when it's legal right now. Like, <laughs> it's literally legal. Like, he can go do it tomorrow. He can do it in the middle of his suspended game. Yep. I mean, he can – he's suspended like, – okay, he's suspended for the Florida State game, right? That'd he be great, man. He can walk up to a fan. That'd be awesome. Somebody can hand him $50 cash while on the sideline, and he can sign it and – hand it to them, and they can pay him, and there's nothing wrong with that because it's legal now. Like, the, the NCAA is so absolutely absurd. Like, why You have much better things to do than come back two years later on an incident that is now, obviously two years in the past, but now it's something that you can legally do. And the dude missed a whole season last year. You okay? They were going to suspend him for a game last year. Okay, fine. He he had an infraction. Suspend him for a game. They suspended Booty for a game. Fine. The dude missed the whole season. Let it go. Let it go. The the thing that upsets me the most, Reagan, is like you said earlier. How does one player in the same exact incident, the same exact problem? Both of these players that got caught with the exact same situation, it's both of them together doing this, and one player gets to select the game, select the game that he is suspended for, and another player they enforce gets chosen the game, which arguably is the biggest game of the season. You, this, it will be argued, and I will argue it heavily next. Next week on one of our shows, that this is the biggest game of the season with Alabama in consideration of that. All right, I need to address. I do want to address this though. What RP is saying? Look, I've been seeing this from fans. You know, this is this is conspiracy stuff. Like, okay, like the FSU AD is now on the NCAA board or whatever, and like. You know, I think that's some some LSU fans that are jaded that are just throwing some conspiracies out there. Like, I don't think that's actually true. You never know. He, and he, he's not the one that suspended him. You know, it's always a board that makes those decisions. Could he be on that board specifically? Sure. Do I know that for a fact? No. But he himself is not the one suspending the guy. Um, but it is absolutely absurd. You have to come back to something two years later. It is, it is one incident. And, and from reports, it was not some kind of massive deal. It was a very minor autograph signing where not much money was exchanged. Yeah. You punish one player differently than you're punishing the other player who was literally at the same autograph signing. How does that work? Because the dude got hurt all last season, now you get to choose the game? Like, you're going to kick him? after he's been injured last year? It's something so typical of the NCAA to kick somebody while they've already down, right? <laughs> like, 
And also, if you just recently watched the untold story of Johnny Manziel, Johnny Football is suspended for a freaking half game. Half a game. And he was getting paid hundreds of thousands. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. It it wasn't one signing. And it wasn't one signing. I mean, it was multiple. Multiple. They bold-faced lied to the NCAA about it. Bold-faced lied to the NCAA about it and get away with it. But this one incident, and it's now legal to do it, you suspend this guy game and you're going to do it differently than how you did Booty. Makes absolutely no sense. Appeal. Appeal. Absolutely. Yeah, let's do what Jim Harbaugh just did. Let's put an appeal up for it. Let's put yeah. an appeal up for it, and okay, now we got to put it on hold so he can play the game. Now he can play the game now. Golly, like come on, they, like the college football is an incredible college sports. College football, college basketball, college baseball is some of the the greatest sports we get to watch, and the NCAA just loves to ruin their product. They love it. I, I am sick of the NCAA. I wish I wish we could do away with it. I, I'm tired of it. I'm sick of it. Like, we need to somehow disconnect and disband from the NCAA and get rid of those absolute morons. I the, the decisions they habitually make are absurd. They are absurd, and, and it just continually eats at me that this is something we're dealing with. It, I mean, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And that I'm, I mean, I could go on and on about it, but I'll I'll hush now. But anyways, Mason Smith may be suspended for the first. Well, is as of right now suspended for the as first right game. Now, yeah. And yeah, that's that's ridiculous. You got anything else, Zach? Nah. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back. We'll wrap up the show. Make sure you go follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. All at Tigers Avenue for daily updates on the show and all things LSU sports. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to click off and hit that subscribe button at Tigers Avenue. We broadcast all of our shows live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. I, I couldn't do it, right? I couldn't talk about it anymore. It's just frustrating. Oh, my gosh. I just complete morons. Complete <laughs> morons. Like, anyways, anyways, do away with them. Get rid of all of them. I'm good with Sick it. of them. Sick of them. We need something else. We need like a commissioner or something formed like the NFL and get rid of this business NCAA because they're trash. Trash. I'm with you. Anyways, so be it. So be it. All right, guys, we are inching so close to the start of the season. Hey, guys, there's college football this weekend. Uh, I'm going to watch some of it. I know I'm not going to watch all of it because some of the games are going to be really boring, but I'll watch games (laughs) like Navy and Notre Dame in Dublin, you know, certain games like that. And, uh, yes, Dad, yes. NCAA should be sent to Mars, never to be seen again. I absolutely agree. Um, anyways, it's, it's, we're, we're so close, guys, though. Regardless of how the NCAA is going to try and ruin college football, college football continually is amazing, and I'm excited for it. I am pumped for it. Um, and, and we're so close oh. this weekend. We got some of it. 
Uh, I'm guys, the expectations are high for this season. They really are. Um, so it's an exciting time to be a Tiger fan. Obviously, we've won two championships already this year. Maybe the LSU Tigers uh, on the football side of things. Year two of Brian Kelly can bring another championship home. Um, Reagan, no, never watch Notre Dame. It's a sin. I'll be pulling for Navy. I'll pull for Navy. So I won't be sinning, right? I'll cheer against evil. <laughs> no, I, absolutely. If Notre Dame, if I'm, I will laugh and point. I will say, ha, 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 <laughs> you suck. <laughs> it was never Brian Kelly. Stop saying that. Um Anyways, so we're really excited about the season. I think LSU is going to win the West again, Zach. Uh, I'll give my final predictions, obviously, next week. Uh, yeah. I think we repeat in the West champs. Um, so lots to look forward to, guys. Appreciate y'all coming on the show and commenting and interacting. We always love it. Uh, we'll see. We, we got two shows next week. We will have two shows next week to wrap up the position group. Uh, we'll, we'll cover the running back, and obviously uh, we will cover finally and lastly the quarterback group. Uh, right before, um, uh, probably on Friday, uh, we'll do that show, Zach, yep. and we'll give, give you our final prediction. Yeah, final prediction on the everybody. season. We'll give you a preview we'll of Florida State. State. We'll give you the quarterback group. That's going to be a really great show. So you'll be that'll, sure. You're, man, that's gonna, that'll end up being a long show, uh, probably. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. So going to be a great show. So y'all make sure y'all tune in to that. We'll Thank see you, you next time sure. here in the Tigers Avenue. Five Star Hero, take us out. Peace.